Hey, welcome to Sonic Rodent, a podcast about music and songwriting. Today, let's have a look at Ice Nine Kills. Ice Nine Kills made quite some waves in 2018 with their album The Silver Scream, which peaked at number 29 in the overall Billboard charts. An impressive feat for a metalcore album that year, considering the music landscape, and that the band's 2015 album Every Trick in the Book peaked at number 122. First, let's look at how Ice Nine Kills writes songs and take some guesses why The Silver Scream outperformed Every Trick in the Book by such a big margin. First off, Ice Nine Kills have been a band since 2006. To keep things focused, we'll only concentrate on the 2018 and 2015 albums. A fair warning, the next part is going to be a bit heavy on the music theory aspect, but I'll talk about the marketing and concept of the albums as well later on, so bear with me if the next part is a bit hard to follow. So what music does Ice Nine Kills actually make? Well, it's pretty much metalcore, but with a lot of other influences. The first influence to note is the Swedish melodic death metal. You can hear this in the common riffing and melodies they use. Let's look at the riffing first. It's common practice for them to have a bass note played on a low string, which is called an implied pedal, and alternate between a sort of melody on the upper strings. As I said, this type of riffing goes back to bands like At The Gates or Dark Tranquility from the early to mid 90s, and it gained popularity in metalcore especially, and if you want to go back even further than that, you can hear something similar in Bach's compositions. Which might not even be a coincidence, as we'll learn later. The advantage of this kind of riffing in a band setting is that you basically fuse two guitar lines into one, which frees up your second guitar to play an additional melody or harmonize with the rhythm guitar. But that's not all, of course. The other key ingredient for Iceland Kills has always been a tendency to sound a bit theatrical, and the way that they achieve this is by utilizing something called the harmonic minor scale. What's this, you might ask? Well, it's pretty straightforward. Take your regular natural minor scale and raise the 7th scale degree by a minor second and you get this. The harmonic minor scale. At first it might not sound all too different, but it alters our natural minor scale in very significant ways. The main thing it does though is that it adds more attention to the scale. Let me explain. First we gain a dominant chord on the 5th of the scale. That means that we can make a 5-1 progression much more satisfying than we previously could. First listen to the 5-1 progression in the natural minor key. And now in harmonic minor. And we also gain a fully diminished 7th chord, which has a far greater pull to resolve back to the minor tonic than the 7th has in the natural minor scale. Take a listen to the fully diminished chord resolving versus the dominant chord in our regular natural minor scale resolving. I think it also makes the scale sound much darker in comparison to the natural minor key, and it also calls back to classical music, as composers constantly used it to add more spice and direction to their music. In fact, you already heard it in Bach's music I played earlier, and in the backing track I used for this section. And I think that is the main takeaway here. I know it's hard to grasp the concept of harmonic minor by just being told about it, so I encourage you to pick up an instrument of your liking and play around with the scale yourself. It might be just what you were looking for in your music. So after that, let's get to the vocals. You can hear that Spencer Charnas likes to include quite a bit of acting in his performances. He's not just singing down a vocal line, he puts emphasis on sections by raising his volume and he utilizes different screaming techniques to add interest to the song. His range and versatility might be his greatest asset in this, and he puts it to good use. Notice how Ice Nine Kills vocal lines are typically very colorful, 
By that I mean that they are not a single note melody. Often one word or syllable gets its own note, meaning that one note is rarely followed by the same note again. That feeds into something else which makes Ice Nine Kills songs so catchy. It's the concept of tension and resolution. I've talked about the neuroscience of this in my essay on inaccessible music, so be sure to check that out. Think of the concept like a poem. You might hear one line and in the next you're expecting a rhyme to it. The same is true for melody music. And coincidentally, Ice Nine Kills is a perfect example to demonstrate this. Let's listen to the chorus of the song Stabbing in the Dark to explain how this works. This is what we call an antecedent phrase. It's inconclusive, it does not feel finished, it sets something up. And this is our consequent phrase. It resolves the tension built by the antecedent phrase. And together they form a complete melody. It's basically the rhyme you were expecting to a word in a poem. A more common example to refer to this is to describe the antecedent phrase as a question and the consequent phrase as an answer. Ice Nine Kills uses this to very great effect owing to their strong tendency to use vocal lines that strongly set up such tension and resolution. So that's already been heavy on the theory, what's left to look at? Let's move on to something less theory loaded and talk about the lyrics. Both Every Trick in the Book and The Silver Scream are concept albums. Every track is lyrically referencing a novel on Every Trick in the Book and a horror movie on The Silver Scream. Apart from that, Chano's lyrics are very creative in wordplays and he also manages to tell the stories in a fun and engaging way. I won't be diving too deep into this because this is something consistent in their discography and not necessarily the reason that The Silver Scream performed so much better than Every Trick in the Book. The movie theme simply lends itself much better to referencing the source material than a book theme. Movies come with pre-established music on their own, they come with voice lines that are delivered in a certain way and they come with, let's face it, more widespread fandom than books do. And yes, I know quite a few movies on the silver screen are based on books. But the point is, your reference is more recognizable on the movie side of things, which immensely helps in the marketing, which we'll get into later. First, let's look at how Ice Nine Kills sneaks references in on the silver screen, apart from the lyrics, of course. First, and that's probably my favorite, they use instrumentation to reflect the movie. Just listen to the track, it is the end. They also use familiar melodies to make the reference, like on Rocking the Boat, where they turn a simple motif into a breakdown. Or they might use samples or reenactments to drive the reference home, like on Thank God It's Friday. Did you know my son drowned in this lake? He should have been supervised, but the counselors were off having Finally, let's talk about marketing, because I think that played a big role in the success of The Silver Scream as well. Even though the first single, Enjoy Your Sleigh, was already released in May 2017, the actual promotion for the album began more than one year later, with The American Nightmare in June 2018, which was when they also announced that the new album would be coming on the 5th of October. Important to know is that in all of the videos, Ice Nine Kills told a continuous story about a young man who experiences strange dreams based on the movies that are referenced in the singles, undermining the cinematic theme for the upcoming record. The single Thank God It's Friday was released on July 13, 2018, which, you guessed it, was a Friday the 13th itself. 
In September, the band released the song A Grave Mistake, and on the 19th of October, two weeks after the release of the album and even closer to Halloween, the band released a video for Stabbing in the Dark. And on the 21st of December, right before Christmas, Merry Xmas received a video as well. And a video for the song It Is The End is reportedly planned to release sometime in 2019. I think the reason the campaign was so effective is that it is larger than the music. Three of the six songs so far were released at fitting seasons and days, making the reference so obvious that there was never the need to directly name the inspiration. The inclusion of an overarching story in the music videos helps to get people talking and pay attention to you in the future. And the concept of the album itself was so strong that I found myself talking to people about the references and where the band might be heading next over the actual music itself. So yeah. That was a rather long episode, but I feel it was necessary to really understand the success of this release and the songwriting aspect of it. All in all, use harmonic minor, riff like you are from Sweden and write your melodies so that they are catchy, be versatile and have a great marketing plan on your hands. And with that, we are out of time. Subscribe to the feed if you want to keep up with the things that I'm doing. I have a dedicated Facebook page and you can follow me on Instagram at Sam and Markwriter. Bye!